I'm Wayne Turner, and welcome to the daily podcast of Bible Track. I've developed Bible Track to be both a commentary and a daily Bible reading schedule. These podcasts cover the text and commentary, which may be found at www.bibletrack.org. So, for those who have a busy schedule but do have time to listen to the Bible being read, this podcast is for you. At the end of one year, you will have gone completely through the Bible. Today we're going to be looking at Jeremiah chapters 26 through 29. Beginning in chapter 26, Jeremiah dodges a death sentence, beginning now with verse 1. In the beginning of the reign of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, came this word from the Lord, saying, Thus saith the Lord, Stand in the court of the Lord's house, and speak unto all the cities of Judah, which come to worship in the Lord's house. All the words that I command thee to speak unto them, diminish not a word. If so be, they will hearken, and turn every man from his evil way, that I may repent me of the evil which I purpose to do unto them, because of the evil of their doings. And thou shalt say unto them, Thus saith the Lord, If ye will hearken to me, to walk in my law which I have set before you, to hearken to the words of my servants, the prophets whom I sent unto you, both rising up early and sending them, but ye have not hearkened, then will I make this house like Shiloh, and will make this city a curse to all nations of the earth. So the priests and the prophets and all the people heard Jeremiah speaking these words in the house of the Lord. Now it came to pass, when Jeremiah had made an end of speaking all that the Lord had commanded him to speak unto all the people, that the priests and the prophets and all the people took him, saying, Thou shalt surely die. Why hast thou prophesied in the name of the Lord, saying, This house shall be like Shiloh, and this city shall be desolate without an inhabitant? And all the people were gathered against Jeremiah in the house of the Lord. When the princes of Judah heard these things, they came up from the king's house into the house of the Lord and sat down in the entry of the new gate of the Lord's house. Then spake the priests and the prophets and the princes and to all people, saying, This man is worthy to die, for he hath prophesied against this city, as ye have heard with your ears. Then spake Jeremiah unto all the princes and to all the people, saying, The Lord sent me to prophesy against this house and against this city all the words that ye have heard. Therefore now amend your ways and your doings, and obey the voice of the Lord your God, and the Lord will repent him of the evil that he hath pronounced against you. And as for me, behold, I am in your hand. Do with me as seemeth good and meet unto you. But know you for certain that if you put me to death, ye shall surely bring innocent blood upon yourselves and upon this city and upon the inhabitants thereof. For of a truth, the Lord hath sent me unto you to speak all these words in your ears. Then said the princes and all the people unto the priests and to the prophets, This man is not worthy to die, for he hath spoken to us in the name of the Lord our God. Then rose up certain of the elders of the land and spake to all the assembly of the people, saying, Micah the Morishite prophesied in the days of Hezekiah king of Judah, and spake to all the people of Judah, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Zion shall be plowed like a field, and Jerusalem shall become heaps, and the mountain of the house is the high places of forest. Did Hezekiah king of Judah and all Judah put him at all to death? Did he not fear the Lord and besought the Lord, and the Lord repented him of the evil which he had pronounced against them? 
Thus might we procure great evil against our souls. And there was also a man that prophesied in the name of the Lord, Uriah, the son of Shemaiah of Kiarath, Jearim, who prophesied against this city and against this land according to all the words of Jeremiah. And when Jehoiakim the king, with all his mighty men and all the princes, heard his words, the king sought to put him to death. But when Uriah heard it, he was afraid and fled and went into Egypt. And Jehoiakim the king sent men into Egypt, namely Elnathan the son of Achbor, and certain men with him into Egypt. And they fetched forth Uriah out of Egypt and brought him into Jehoiakim the king, who slew him with the sword and cast his dead body into the graves of the common people. Nevertheless, the hand of Ahikam, the son of Shaphan, was with Jeremiah, but they should not give him into the hand of the people to put him to death. Now, to get our perspective, here's the listing of the last kings of Judah, so you can kind of figure out where we are in history. Josiah, from 640 to 609, was the last good king. Jehoahaz, from 609 to 609, only a three-month rule, was Josiah's third son. Sometimes he's called Shalom. He was a bad king. Jehoiakim was also a bad king, and it's during his reign that this incident takes place. He reigned from 609 to 598 BC, and he was Josiah's second son, who was a puppet king who never really had any real leadership authority. Jehoiakim was Jehoiakim's son. He was a puppet king, reigned from 598 to 597. And lastly, before the fall, there was Zedekiah, who was Josiah's son. Originally, his name was Madaniah. His name was changed by Nebuchadnezzar. And he reigned from 597 to 586 B.C. So the incident that we have listed here happened during Jehoiakim's reign, right in the middle of the pack there of kings that I just listed. And he reigned from 609 to 598. As I've mentioned before, the prophecies in the book of Jeremiah are not chronological. Jeremiah did not take his calling from God lightly. During the reign of the puppet king Jehoiakim, God instructed Jeremiah to go prophesy in the temple and tell the folks that certain destruction of Jerusalem was imminent. The reference to Shiloh in verse 6 is to make them realize that even though Shiloh had been Jerusalem's equivalent during Joshua's tenure, and that the location of the tabernacle was right there from the outset when the Israelites came to Canaan, now it was desolate without an inhabitant, we see in verse 9. The same fate will befall Jerusalem unless they repent. Repent? No way, they replied. They had a better idea. Liz killed Jer Jeremiah instead of repenting. They would have done that, but they had a trial of sorts charging Jeremiah with treason. They start to get a little squeamish after Jeremiah's statement of verse 15 where he says, But know ye for certain that if you put me to death, ye shall surely bring innocent blood upon yourselves and upon the city and upon the inhabitants thereof. For of a truth the Lord hath sent me unto you to speak all these words in your ears. Whoa, you better think twice about this execution. After more reasonable minds prevail, they decide it would be better it would be the wisest choice just to leave him be. Notice the reference to Micah in Jeremiah 26, 18. Micah had prophesied the destruction of Jerusalem back a hundred years or so earlier. That was during the reign of Hezekiah. Find his prophecy in Micah chapter 3, verse 12. 
Here it is. Therefore shall Zion for your sake be plowed as a field, and Jerusalem shall become heaps, and the mountain of the house as the high places of the forest. While Jeremiah is on trial for saying such things, one of the elders here makes reference to the fact that Micah had made the same prophecy during the days of Hezekiah, and he hadn't been executed. But on the other hand, there was another man named Uriah, who had prophesied the very same thing in verses 20 through 23. We find an outline of what he had prophesied. And great measures were taken to execute him. So, mm, what do you do? What do you do? What do you do? Do we let Jeremiah go on like we let Micah go on a hundred years ago? Or do we put him to death like Uriah? That's the question. Finally, an influential man named Ahikam is listed in verse 24 as the man who was able to deliver Jeremiah from a guilty verdict and spare Jeremiah's death. This man, Ahikam, was instrumental in several situations leading up to and following the destruction of Jerusalem by the Babylonians. Well, you know, you just can't beat a good defense attorney when you're in a real jam. Incidentally, there's another invitation to repent in verse 13. Here it is. Therefore now amend your ways and your doings and obey the voice of the Lord your God and the Lord will repent him of the evil that he hath pronounced against you. Isaiah had prophesied about a century or so earlier that Jerusalem would fall to the Babylonians. That was back in Isaiah 39. Moreover, Josiah was told that Jerusalem would fall back in 2 Kings 23-27, but not until after his righteous reign was over. So while Jerusalem is offered an opportunity to repent here and be spared from the Babylonians, it had already been prophesied that they would pass on that opportunity. Well, the offer was sincere, but of course, God already knew what they would do with such an opportunity. Now we come to Jeremiah chapter 27, and we read all about Nebuchadnezzar. In the beginning of the reign of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, came this word unto Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Thus saith the Lord to me, Make thee bonds and yokes, and put them upon thy neck. And send them to the king of Edom, and to the king of Moab, and to the king of the Ammonites, and to the king of Tyrus, and to the king of Zidon, by the hand of the messengers which come to Jerusalem, and to Zedekiah, king of Judah. And command them to say unto their masters, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel. Thus shall you say unto your masters, I have made the earth, the man, and the beast that are upon the ground, by my great power, and by my outstretched arm, and have given it unto whom it seemed meet unto me. And now I have given all these lands into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, my servant. And the beast of the field have I given him also to serve him. And all nations shall serve him and his son and his son's son until, until the very time of this land come. And then many nations and great kings shall serve themselves of him. And it shall come to pass that the nation and kingdom which shall not serve the same Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, and that will not put their neck under the yoke of the king of Babylon, that nation will I punish, saith the Lord, with the sword and with the famine and with the pestilence, until I have consumed them by his hand. Therefore hearken not ye to your prophets, nor to your diviners, nor to your dreamers, nor to your enchanters, nor to your sorcerers, which speak unto you, saying, Ye shall not serve the king of Babylon, for they prophesy a lie unto you, to remove you far from your land, and that I should drive you out and you should perish. 
But the nations that bring their neck under the yoke of the king of Babylon and serve him, those will I let remain still in their own land, saith the Lord, and they shall till it and dwell therein. I spake also to Zedekiah, king of Judah, according to all these words, saying, Bring your necks under the yoke of the king of Babylon and serve him and his people and live. Why will you die, thou and thy people, by the sword, by the famine, and by the pestilence? as the Lord hath spoken against the nation that will not serve the king of Babylon. Therefore hearken not unto the words of the prophets that speak unto you, saying, Ye shall not serve the king of Babylon, for they prophesy a lie unto you. For I have not sent them, saith the Lord, yet they prophesy a lie in my name, that I might drive you out, that ye might perish, ye and the prophets that prophesy unto you. Also I spake to the priest and to all this people, saying, Thus saith the Lord, Hearken not to the words of your prophets that prophesy unto you, saying, Behold, the vessel of the Lord's house shall now shortly be brought again from Babylon. For they prophesy a lie unto you. Hearken not unto them. Serve the king of Babylon and live. Wherefore should this city be laid waste? But if they be prophets, and if the word of the Lord be with them, let them now make intercession to the Lord of hosts, that the vessels which are left in the house of the Lord and in the house of the king of Judah and at Jerusalem go not to Babylon. For thus saith the Lord of hosts concerning the pillars, and concerning the sea, and concerning the bases, and concerning the residue of the vessels that remain in this city, which Nebuchadnezzar king of Babylon took not, when he carried away captive Jeconiah the son of Jehoiakim king of Judah from Jerusalem to Babylon, and all the nobles of Judah and Jerusalem. Yea, thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, concerning the vessels that remain in the house of the Lord, and in the house of the king of Judah and of Jerusalem. They shall be carried to Babylon, and there shall they be until the day that I visit them, saith the Lord. Then will I bring them up and restore them to this place. There is a little confusion here in verse 1 with the mention of King Jehoiakim. Every other identification in this chapter is to King Zedekiah. For perspective on the times of their reigns, we already mentioned it above, Jehoiakim was before two kings, before King Zedekiah. To reconcile the mention of both in this chapter, it would seem likely that Jeremiah made and wore a yoke during the reign of Jehoiakim, but did not send yokes to the neighboring kings listed until years later during the reign of Zedekiah. Zedekiah, of course, was the last king before Babylon came in and, uh, and, and destroyed the city. Even though the Hebrew text clearly identifies Jehoiakim in verse 1, most of the modern translations have assumed that Zedekiah was intended there and they arbitrarily made the change in the text without any Hebrew evidence to, to do so. Now, Zedekiah was the last king before the fall of Jerusalem. However, he was really just king in name only. He was a vassal king of Babylon. While he was a descendant of David, as were all of Judah's kings, he really had no authority of his own. His real name was Madaniah, but Nebuchadnezzar renamed him Zedekiah. For all effective purposes, Jerusalem is already conquered and has been for years along with the surrounding nations, including Edom, Moab, Ammon, Tyrus, and Zidon. Jeremiah is prophesying to the people and telling them to accept their faith. God tells Jeremiah to use a visual aid, a yoke to wear. Later he sends yokes to the kings and leaders of these surrounding nations, 
because they were having a secret rebellious meeting and they were thinking of rebelling against Nebuchadnezzar. The yokes were sent to them to illustrate that there is no point in resisting Nebuchadnezzar. He's in control and will remain in control until God is finished with him. This takes place in 593 BC while Zedekiah and other national leaders were having a summit to plan their rebellion against Nebuchadnezzar. It was a suicide mission according to Jeremiah. He even refers to Nebuchadnezzar as a servant of God in verse 6. Now don't get carried away with the meaning of that label. It simply means that God used Nebuchadnezzar to perform a service of chastising his people because of their idolatry and pagan worship. He's also referred to in such a manner in Jeremiah chapter 25 verse 9 and again in Jeremiah 43:10. Sometimes God uses evil men to accomplish his purposes. Verse 7 puts it all into perspective. His time is coming, but not until all nations shall serve him and his son and his son's son. Three generations. That takes us down to Nebuchadnezzar's grandson, Belshazzar, the last Babylonian king. I'd say that was pretty impressive prophecy by old Jeremiah, wouldn't you? Anyway, Jeremiah's message is that there is no point in resisting the inevitable. To fight Nebuchadnezzar is useless and suicidal. Here's the problem. False prophets in Judah. Jeremiah's competitor, competitors, the competing prophets, were telling Zedekiah and the leaders of Judah, along with the surrounding nations, that the Babylonian captivity was soon to be over. But Jeremiah was telling them that a return to the land would not happen in their generation, actually not until 535 B.C., according to Jeremiah 29.10. Resisting Nebuchadnezzar will cause immense bloodshed and devastation of the land. But the false prophet said, go for it, you'll succeed. Well, what actually happened? Zedekiah rebelled against Nebuchadnezzar. Jerusalem was devastated. Zedekiah was taken captive and forced to watch his own children put to death before Nebuchadnezzar gouged Zedekiah's eyes out. And that's the last thing Zedekiah ever saw. He was put into chains and carried to Babylon as a prisoner where he remained until his death. You know, I guess he should have listened to Jeremiah and not to those other false prophets. In Jeremiah chapter 28, we find we have dueling object lessons. Reading verse 1, And it came to pass the same year, in the beginning of the reign of Zedekiah, king of Judah, in the fourth year and in the fifth month, that Hananiah, the son of Azur, the prophet, which was of Gibeon, spake unto me in the house of the Lord, in the presence of the priest, and of all the people, saying, Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, saying, I have broken the yoke of the king of Babylon. Within two full years will I bring again into this place all the vessels of the Lord's house that Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, took away from this place and carried them to Babylon. And I will bring again to this place Jeconiah, the son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, with all the captives of Judah that went into Babylon, saith the Lord, for I will break the yoke of the king of Babylon. Then the prophet Jeremiah said unto the prophet Hananiah, in the presence of the priest, and in the presence of all the people that stood in the house of the Lord. Even the prophet Jeremiah said, Amen, the Lord do so. The Lord perform thy words which thou hast prophesied to bring again the vessels of the Lord's house and all that is carried away captive from Babylon into this place. Nevertheless, hear now this, 
word that I speak in thine ears and in the ears of all the people, the prophets that have been before me and before thee of old prophesied both against many countries and against great kingdoms of war, of evil, and of pestilence. The prophet which prophesied peace, when the word of the prophet shall come to pass, then shall the prophet be known that the Lord hath truly sent him. Then Hananiah the prophet took the yoke from off the prophet Jeremiah's neck and brake it. And Hananiah spake in the presence of all the people, saying, Thus saith the Lord, Even so will I break the yoke of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, from the neck of all the nations within the space of two full years. And the prophet Jeremiah went his way. Then the word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah the prophet, after that Hananiah the prophet had broken the yoke off of the neck of Jeremiah the prophet, saying, Go and tell Hananiah, saying, Thus saith the Lord, Thou hast broken the yokes of wood, but thou shalt make for them yokes of iron. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, I have put a yoke of iron upon the neck of all these nations, that they may serve Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and they shall serve him. And I have given him the beast of the field also. Then said the prophet Jeremiah unto Hananiah the prophet, Hear now, Hananiah, the Lord hath not sent thee, but thou makest this people to trust in a lie. Therefore thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will cast thee off from the face of the earth. This year thou shalt die, because thou hast taught rebellion against the Lord. So Hananiah the prophet died the same year in the seventh month. The year is 593 B.C., according to this prophecy. It was during the reign of Zedekiah, the last king of Judah. This false prophet's name is Hananiah. While Jeremiah is telling the truth to Zedekiah, Hananiah is telling Zedekiah that it's all going to be over within two years. Remember that yoke that Jeremiah wore before Zedekiah and the leaders of those other nations when they were having their rebellion summit? Well, Hananiah pulls that yoke off of Jeremiah and breaks it, saying that it's, that it's how they're going to break the yoke of Nebuchadnezzar from their own necks. He further falsely prophesies that within two years, King Jehoiakim, that's Kaniah, remember, or sometimes called Jeconiah, that King Jehoiakim would return from his previous deportation to Babylon along with all of the other exiles. Jeconiah was King Jehoiakim's son, sometimes called Jehoiakim. He was carried as a captive to Babylon by Nebuchadnezzar along with other influential residents of Judah. Meanwhile, his uncle Zedekiah was placed upon the throne of Judah by Nebuchadnezzar himself. That had to be pretty humiliating to Jeremiah. He just walked away. I can just visualize the people cheering Hananiah and booing Jeremiah. One big problem, though, Hananiah's prophecy was a false prophecy, a message they wanted to hear, but nonetheless false. You know, sometimes the truth hurts. Jeremiah tells Hananiah that he's caused the people to believe a lie in verse 15. And he pronounces to Hananiah that he's going to die within a year. And he does so within just two months. We see verse 17. But as a result, Zedekiah and the other leaders of the surrounding nations are now emboldened to mount a futile campaign against Nebuchadnezzar, which results in their doom, leading up to the final fall of Jerusalem in 586 B.C. In Jeremiah chapter 29, we find that Jeremiah writes a letter to the exiles over in Babylon. 
verse 1. Now, these are the words of the letter that Jeremiah the prophet sent from Jerusalem to the residue of the elders which were carried away captives, and to the priest, and to the prophets, and to all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had carried away captive from Jerusalem to Babylon. After that, Jeconiah the king, and the queen, and the eunuchs, the princes of Judah and Jerusalem, and the carpenters and the smiths were departed from Jerusalem. By the hand of Elasa, the son of Shaphan, and Gamariah, the son of Hilkiah, whom Zedekiah, king of Judah, sent into Babylon, to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, unto all that are carried away back captives, whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem into Babylon. Build ye houses and dwell in them, and plant gardens, and eat the fruit of them. Take ye wives, and beget sons and daughters, and take away wives for your sons, and give your daughters to husbands, that they may bear sons and daughters, that ye may be increased there and not diminished. And seek the peace of the city, whither I have caused you to be carried away captives. And pray unto the Lord for it, for in peace thereof shall ye have peace. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Let not your prophets and your diviners that be in the midst of you deceive you, neither hearken to your dreams which ye cause to be dreamed. For they prophesy falsely unto you in my name. I have not sent them, saith the Lord. For thus saith the Lord, that after seventy years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you and will perform my good word toward you in causing you to return to this place. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not evil, to give you an expected end. Then shall ye call upon me, and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. And ye shall seek me and find me, when ye shall search for me with all your heart. And I will be found of you, saith the Lord, and I will turn away your captivity. And I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places whither I have driven you, saith the Lord. And I will bring you again into the place whence I caused you to be carried away captive. Because ye have said the Lord hath raised us up prophets in Babylon, know that thus saith the Lord of the king that sitteth upon the throne of David and of all the people that dwelleth in this city, and of your brethren that are not gone forth with you into their captivity. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Behold, I will send upon them the sword, the famine, and the pestilence, and will make them like vile figs that cannot be eaten. They are so evil. And I will persecute them with the sword, with the famine, and with the pestilence, and will deliver them to be removed to all the kingdoms of the earth, to be a curse, and an astonishment, and an hissing, and a reproach among all the nations whither I have driven them. Because they have not hearkened to my word, saith the Lord, which I sent unto them by my servants the prophets, rising up early and sending them, but ye would not hear, saith the Lord. Hear ye therefore the word of the Lord, all ye of the captivity, whom I have sent from Jerusalem to Babylon. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, of Ahab the son of Kaliah, and of Zedekiah the son of Maaseah, which prophesy a lie unto you in my name, Behold, I will deliver them into the land of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and he shall slay them before your eyes. And of them shall be taken up a curse by all the captivity of Judah, which are in Babylon, saying, The Lord make thee like Zedekiah and like Ahab, whom the king of Babylon roasted in the fire. Because they have committed villainy in Israel and have committed adultery with their neighbors' wives and have spoken lying words in my name, which I have not commanded them, even I know and am a witness, saith the Lord. 
Well, Jeremiah's letter to the exiles from Judah now, living in Babylon, directs them to build a life for themselves while they're there in Babylon. His message is simple. You're not coming home anytime soon, despite what the false prophets seem to be telling you. The king Jeconiah is, uh, here is Jehoiakim. Uh, we find him in 2 Kings 24, 8-16. The 18-year-old king who reigned in Judah for only 100 days before being carried away to Babylon and replaced by the last king of Judah, which was his uncle Zedekiah, by Nebuchadnezzar himself. In verse 10, Jeremiah says it again, just as he'd said in Jeremiah 25, verses 1 through 12. The Jewish exile to Babylon will last for 70 years, that's from 605 B.C. when the first exiles were taken, until 535 B.C., 70 years later. Therefore, he's telling them, get used to living there. Then he continues, you wouldn't want to live here in Jerusalem anyway because the times here are really bad. The return of the exiles 70 years later is found beginning in Ezra chapter 1. So let's review the Jeremiah prophecies concerning the 70-year exile. He had said in Jeremiah 25:11, And this whole land shall be a desolation and an astonishment, and these nations shall serve the king of Babylon 70 years. Verse 12, And it shall come to pass when 70 years are accomplished that I will punish the king of Babylon and that nation, saying the Lord for their iniquity and the land of the Chaldeans and will make it perpetual desolations. Jeremiah 29.10, For thus saith the Lord, that after 70 years be accomplished in Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you in causing you to return to this place. So Ahab and Zedekiah in verses 21 and through 23 were two prophets against whom Jeremiah uttered an oracle here because they prophesied falsely in the name of Jehovah and for their immoral conduct. They are to come to a very toasty end as we see in verse 22. Then beginning with verse 24, we have a special word to the false prophet Shemaiah. Thus shalt thou also speak to Shemaiah, the Nehalamite, saying, Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, saying, Because thou hast sent letters in thy name unto all the people that are at Jerusalem, and to Zephaniah, the son of Maaseah, the priest, and to all the priests, saying, The Lord hath made the priest in the land of Jehoiada, the priest, that ye should be officers in the house of the Lord for every man that is mad and maketh himself a prophet, that thou shouldest put him in prison and in the stocks. Now therefore, why hast thou not reproved Jeremiah of Anathoth, which maketh himself a prophet to you? For therefore he sent unto us in Babylon, saying, This captivity is long. Build ye houses, and dwell in them, and plant gardens, and eat the fruit of them. And Zephaniah the priest read this letter in the ears of Jeremiah the prophet. Then came the word of the Lord unto Jeremiah, saying, Send to all them the captivity, saying, Thus saith the Lord concerning Shemaiah the Nehalamite, because that Shemaiah hath prophesied unto you, and I sent him not, and he caused you to trust in the lie. Therefore thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will punish Shemaiah the Nehalamite and his seed. He shall not have a man to dwell among this people, neither shall he behold the good that I will do for my people, saith the Lord, because he hath taught rebellion against the Lord. You have to read this one pretty closely because of the quote inside the quote. Shemaiah, among the exiles in Babylon, 
sends a letter back to Zephaniah, the priest in Jerusalem, to be read in the presence of Jeremiah. In verse 28, Shemaiah's letter accuses Jeremiah of being responsible for the exile in Babylon. Jeremiah didn't make the news, he just reported it. As a result of Shemaiah's rebellion, Jeremiah pronounces a pretty tough prophecy on him personally. You might even call it a curse in verse 32. This is the only mention of Shemaiah. We don't really know the details of his eventual fate. This concludes our podcast for today. I'm Wayne Turner, and if you'd like to read along with our commentary online, go to www.bibletrack.org. Thank you for listening in today. The background music for these podcasts is an original composition written by the music director of Fayette Bible Church, Paul Walker.